Hey, hey, it's Andy Anas, and welcome to another episode of Let's Rage Cougs, presented by the Saxinian family. We are coming off the heels of yet another Houston Cougars basketball game, and the Cougars got back into the winning side of things when it comes to today's matchup in Orlando against the Central Florida Knights. The Houston Cougars went up, or went down, I guess, into South Florida and beat them 82-71, to and really what was a night of the freshman. Jarvis Walker got it going Early on in the first half, and in particular, I think it was the first five possessions for the Cougars that he, at the very least, touched the ball. And I think he had nine of his first 14 points or nine of his first 17 points in the first 13 minutes of that game. But then in the second half, it was Emmanuel Sharp who, Dayon, Chris, who are my two co-hosts as always, can we officially call Emmanuel Sharp a sharpshooter now? Is he a knockdown shooter? Or not? Chris is already shaking his head no. Sharpshooter, I, I thought you were going to say sniper. <laughs> not, not, not yet. Sniper is for another year. Come back sophomore year, then he – but, yeah, not yet. Because if you think about it, this is the first game in a while that he's been hitting. Yeah. 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 And, and I want to – boy, I'm going to step on some toes here, but Coach Sampson doesn't watch the show as far as we know. I, I wish he would trust the freshmen like Emmanuel more, give them more minutes. Emmanuel's defense has gotten better. Okay, but yeah. I think his offense provides something and his three-point threat. Yeah, you touched on this before. All those things, I think he's becoming more of a positive performer on the court than his defense is a, is a net negative. Uh, to me, tonight was his coming out party because it was a difference defensively and rebounding it was a difference for him. But to Coach Sampson's defense, he actually played him more and trusted him because he played him in crunch time during the last two minutes of the game. And so that's what Coach Sampson makes him great, in my opinion, because he had he was having a better shooting night than Tremont. And so when it comes down to closing minutes, he put Emmanuel on with the starting lineup outside of Tremont because of everything that you were just mentioning, how he his shooting ability and everything he had. So I, I think he will, but it, it it's – He's so great. He does it on the. He has a great eye for the game as far as knowing when to keep him on and to trust him. But to to Emmanuel's credit, um, he 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 looked totally different. I think maybe it's returning home to Florida. I don't know what it was, but he he it was a difference defensively, rebounding, and along with the shot making. And not only that, he he created a shot that was um off the dribble, pump fake up and under, and so he he was in his bag tonight. You know, one of the things that you could attribute it to is that he's a freshman. So he had that up performance. I'm sure in the in the next coming games, he won't be as as stellar when it comes to shooting the ball, at least from a consistent standpoint. But certainly a, a good performance from in that in that aspect. Now, another player that was kind of setting up a lot of Emmanuel Sharp's three was Jamal Shedd, who had his second double-double of the season with 14 points and 10 assists, which is something that we were talking about in the previous Let's Rage Cougs episode, where it seemed like Jamal Shedd had, had, from a scoring perspective, I don't know if you could call that, had been his focus or had been his emphasis, but it got back to a little bit of the Jamal Shedd from a season ago where there was a lot of he was dishing out. He was creating a lot of the offense for the Houston Cougars. It's, like I said, his second double-double of the season, his seventh overall in his collegiate career. So toss it over to the group. Who wants to take uh, Jamal Shedd's performance tonight in Houston's victory over UCF? Man, it was a great performance by Jamal. And what I saw from him tonight was one thing I love is confidence. He has an ultimate confidence. That's why when he takes the shot that he takes normally – 
um, when he's more aggressive offensively, I don't mind the shots because he sh- he wants to take them and he can prove them. But tonight, the difference was he started in, he started with creating for others, and he was driving to make a play versus driving a score early on. And so what that did was set it set not only him up but set his team up to create different plays for other people. And then once he did that, the defense was conscious of him blowing by them. He was able to get into his mid-range game, knock down his mid-range jumper. And then after that, he was able to get into his pull-up three. And so really, he just let the game come to him instead of being more aggressive offensively looking to score. I think he's a great point guard when he played like he played tonight, allowing the game to come to him and penetrating to create and to pass versus penetrating to score. But at the same time, he's such an explosive player. Like going back to last game, that last play, um, it, he beat his man. If he would have made that shot, nobody says nothing. I wouldn't say nothing. I still didn't say I didn't say anything because I didn't mind the shot. But when he penetrates to score, I mean to um, create, he, he's a, he's a different player. Then defensively, he was on lockdown tonight. His defense was was back to Jamal shared defense, so that that's great to see. Jarris Walker was more aggressive to start the game. Also a positive to see. I like Jamal. I like this Jamal shared more than the score first Jamal shared, and he might have had to do that because Coach Sampson and how Temple played the Cougs on Sunday just differently. But yeah. Jamal had five assists in each half tonight. Good balance offense. I think five Cougs in double figures. So they got points from a lot of different people. It's a good, solid win. The defense, UCF made some shots, especially in the first half. They made some tough mm-hmm. shots. Overall, the Cougs defense was, was very good. A few hiccups here and there, but it was much better. And then offense just looked much better. 18 assists overall. 10 assists on 14 buckets in the second half. So really good ball movement. But, of course, you get an assist when you make a shot. You pass to a teammate, and they hit the shot. So that also helps. So it was a good win overall by a lot of different people. And bounce back. They did it. They said it during the broadcast. They've only lost uh, two consecutive games under Coach Sampson tenure twice in his time at Houston. So they ended. it's not even a one-game streak. It's just one game lost, and they're back on the winning track. And Jamal only took nine shots tonight. Yeah. That's another thing. But, I mean, I can't really, really talk about Jairus. I mean, to what I've seen from him tonight. You, can we go right into it, Andy, or what you want? Yeah, that's a perfect segue because before we talk about Jairus Walker, I'd like to remind everybody that may be watching live on the Houston Round Bar Review YouTube channel or listening to audio only wherever you get Pod Simon Jam on your audio only versions, whether it be Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or any other outlet. Now, this is Let's Rage Groups presented by the Saxonian family, the primary sponsor of LRC for the remainder of the men's basketball regular season and into the American Athletic Conference postseason tournament. But of course, this Let's Rage Cougs wouldn't be possible without our total partners, including Hoop and Holler, the Houston Cougars Micro Collective, the entity behind the star pizza commercials, including the latest from the men's basketball team that featured Ryan Elvin and of course, Dejon Giroux and Talking about Star Pizza, they are another partner of today's episode of Let's Rage Cougs with multiple locations across the Houston area. Star Pizza is Houston's best pizza since 1976. Be sure to visit them at starpizza.net. And last but not least, 
H-O-U-N-I-L.com, the subscription-based name, image, and likeness model. It benefits both Cougar student athletes and fans. H-O-U-N-I-L helps Houston athletes benefit from the new NIL rules. Athletes create original content in their own words, giving subscribers insight into their lives on and off the court. What the players need is for you to subscribe and plans start at just $20 a month, and that money goes to UH athletes. Subscribers will get one-of-a-kind content straight from the players while helping the Houston Cougars compete on the national stage. Go subscribe at HOUNIL.com. And as always, go Cougs. Let's get right into Jarris Walker because, like you mentioned, he, Chris, like you mentioned, he was really aggressive early. And I think it, it I don't know if we, obviously, we have to hear from Kelvin post game, but it seemed, I, I don't know if you can call it a focal point, but it certainly seemed like he was getting the ball early and often. Like I said, the first five positions, he touched the ball in some way or manner and then overall for the game he finished with 17 points on an efficient six of ten shooting had four rebounds and three assists to go along with those points as well down the floor is yours yeah i think it was a conscious effort to get him the ball because early in the game they ran sets to isolate him in that mid post area and one thing i seen from night he was aggressive not only aggressive but he was physical like he was really physical that one play where um Coach Dawkins got a tech. That play, he spun first. He banged. Um, I think what's the that freshman? What's the freshman? Taylor Hendricks. Taylor Hendricks. Yeah, he's nice. Yeah. He's nice. He didn't stick out to me last game, but tonight he really stood. He stood out to me tonight. But um, he banged him and then spun and created the contact by banging him again with the spin. And so that was something I didn't see in the last game against Temple, which he got a, a lot of the same looks he got against Temple. Only thing was tonight that he actually made him. But the difference was tonight that he was aggressive and using his physicality. He was being physical to create contact instead of being more of a finesse player. That was the difference for what I'm seeing. And he was showing emotion, really just kind of what we talked about, Andy, um, recently, kind of that dog coming out of him. He was like that yep. from start to finish. And I think maybe Coach Sampson will probably going forward have more of a conscious effort to get him going early. That way it gets him going in the flow of the game. But I think some of that is on him to be aggressive because I, I saw Coach Sampson run different isolation sets for different players throughout the game, whether it's Tremont, whether it's Jamal, and, and that goes back into him identifying certain matchups that they like going into the game and attacking them. But, man, Jerry, he was really aggressive tonight being physical. That's the main difference. And decisive with his decision-making as far as what he's going to do, whether pass to create, make a shot, pass. Um, he, he really showed his full versatility, and I was very, very impressed with his game overall. You know, I, I wonder if he – Listened to took, the show? Took the challenge of probably, you know, we, we got folks on the team listening to the show. We know that, you know. Uh, but I wonder if, if he took the challenge about facing Taylor Hendricks, the other top freshman in the, in the so. conference. So that's good. If that motivation, that chip, helped them be aggressive, oh, start the game, great. But you called right on, Deion. He got the ball in the mid post, did a few back downs as well. So it's mm -hmm. good to see him early on get look, looks like that. But anybody who knows me and follows me, you know, a long time, I like to work the offense work inside out. So if that means one, get the ball early, Jarrett's getting the ball early, mid post on the block, do that first. Let them go on a one. If it's allowed by the opponent, opponent doubles, then kick it out for your open shooters on the perimeter. But go inside first. That's my preference. So that worked tonight. It's a good solid win. UCF got one of their two injured players back tonight, Darius Johnson. He was on 
minutes restriction and conditioning was an issue for him, but he was one more piece for UCF going forward. But it's a good solid win, road win for the Cougs. Cincinnati on Saturday. He had missed two games prior to this game against uh, Houston, correct? Two weeks, two weeks. Two weeks he had yeah, been out for two weeks. Yep. Mm-hmm. Which, yeah, you could you could tell he was one of the. I, I believe he was the one that gave a lot of problems to Houston during the first meeting, going mm-hmm. back to New Year's Eve. Down, what were you gonna say? I was gonna say to Chris's point, Houston entire team led by Jamal played inside out first by by what he was doing with penetrating, getting inside the paint, whether it's creating for drop off passes or creating for some open threes, because. Marcus Sasser first three threes he made was all off penetration. Mm-hmm. So when the ball touches the paint, um, to like Chris was saying, it just makes the the defense collapse and, and opens wide open jump shots, and they were able to knock down threes at a good clip tonight. Outside of Jermon, six different Cougs took at least seven field goal attempts. I like mm-hmm. that. I don't like Jamal taking fifteen or sixteen. You know that's that's a little bit too many for him. Yeah, uh, that's an interesting point that you guys bring up. Do you guys feel like it's been much more, especially with Temple? Was it much more the way that the, the Owls defended them and forced Houston into a lot more one-on-one isolations, or could it be that you know, with, with the talent that Houston does have, because they do have shot makers, Jamal Shedd has shown it throughout the season. Obviously, Marcus Sass and Jamal Mark can be one-on-one players where maybe they they tend to rely on that much more. Who, who do you give more credit to? Was it Temple forcing them or was it Houston kind of settling? I, I think I give credit to Temple because what they did a good job defensively was defending Houston's actions, whether it's their pick and roll actions or the kind of like their dribble drive and their motion actions, forcing them to get in one-on-one situations late in the shot clock. That was the difference. Like today they had plenty of time to get into the set or if they get into an isolated situation, it wasn't late in the shot clock to where they can either make a play or swing it, get it out to someone else and get it and swing the ball again. So I, I give Temple credit. I think tonight they did a better job moving the ball early and Jamal did a really good job off misses, pushing the pace. Yes. I think they want to need to do that even more because one time they got off, um, off a rebound and he – made an outlet pass to Jaywan and he got a layup. And so they need to do more of that. But I think I credit more of Temple's defense um, guarding Houston's uh, Houston half court for majority of the shot clock, kind of forcing them into isolation situations instead of attacking certain matchups uh, with more time on the shot clock to, to continue if they end up defending you well. And, and also more player movement and stand still, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. Emmanuel Sharp was open, and he made himself open by movement. Yeah. Yep. So that's that's a good positive. You know, we can see on the sideline during the game, Coach Sampson rolling his hands like, move, 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 move. Mm-hmm. And sometimes the guys just stand still. Well, if you stand still, it's much easier to defend you if you stand still. But if you move <laughs> around with a purpose, it's harder for teams to defend. So much more player movement and ball movement tonight helped in the, the better offense. Oh, that reminds me of the, of the comments that Kelvin always likes to say. From a media standpoint, we like to overcomplicate things when he always likes to say that basketball is a simple sport. And like you said, it's much harder to defend players whenever they're moving around instead of just standing still. Now, before we segue into our next, I do like to kind of tease. We're going to focus on the rebounding because that's something that we kind of mm-hmm. talked about in Houston's loss to Temple. 
they did something that now we know Kelvin Sampson said in the past, kind of a goal that they have when it comes to offensive rebounds and getting their misses. Houston was able to achieve that and then some. But before we do, I'm going to try something. Do we have... We have music now for these ad reads, so there we go. This is an ad read. We're trying new stuff here, of course. This is much more for than it was. But this is a regular season conference postseason tournament. Of course, we couldn't do Let's Rich Cruise without our partners beginning with the Saxonian family, but also H-O-U-N-I-L.com. As the Cougars move to the Big 12, Houston will be competing with national players in basketball like Kansas, Baylor, Texas Tech, and more. Those schools have fans that have built huge name, image, and likeness groups to get their NIL compensation. That gives them a huge advantage over U of H, where NIL is still in its infancy, but you can help Cougar athletes by getting involved. Go to H-O-U-N-I-L.com to subscribe to player-created content like essays, video podcasts, and get access to private events with U of H players. They are compensated for creating content, and fans get an inside look at their lives, and plans start at just $20 a month. So again, $20 a month, and that money helps Cougars retain players to stay atop in basketball and build momentum in football. H-O-U-N-I-L.com. Subscribers get one-of-a-kind content straight from the Cougar athletes. Subscribe today at H-O-U-N-I-L.com. NIL.com and as always go Cougs and of course a big thank you to Hoop and Holler the Houston Cougars micro collective the entity behind these star peaks of commercials Hoop and Holler one partner for this episode of Let's Rage Cougs and also Star Pizza our third partner for Let's Rage Cougs Star Pizza Houston's best pizza since 1976 with multiple locations across the Houston area be sure to visit them at starpizza.net look at that it went straight with the music when it cut off uh, for these ad reads, so that are pretty good for the first time, including music in it. So, like Chris, you always say, onward and upward when it comes to ad reads. But of course, what I teased before the break when it comes to the segues, in particular, I was talking about overall Houston had 38 rebounds. That's fine and dandy. They had 16 offensive rebounds, and that came off 28 misses, which, like I teased prior to the segment break, something that head coach Kelvin Sampson said in the past, kind of the goal for the Houston Cougars isn't necessarily to get a certain number of offensive rebounds. It's to get at least 50% of their misses, which 16 offensive rebounds, do the math. They did over 50%. They got over 50% of their misses in today's win against UCF and just overall defensive rebounding as well. They did a much better job at being able to clean the glass, plug to sparkle glass cleaner there, but clean the glass when it comes to uh, holding the Knights in check in that aspect. And let me say a couple of things. Uh, no word yet about Reggie Cheney. Mm-hmm. So we're to hear back from the team, the personnel about him. The free throws, free throw shooting is, is just up and down now. It's going through the team. Jamal Shedd yeah. was two for two Sunday. Today he was, what, two for five. <laughs> so it's just depending on who the player is now. Yeah, he was two for five. Jarris was four for six. Emmanuel Sharp, four for four. Marcus Sasser, three for four. Marcus Sass was not three for four on Sunday. It's just going through the team right now. But also, I want to let everybody know who's tuning in. We started the show early tonight because there's no Zoom call post game for any of us to participate with Coach Sampson. And if you can't tell, Andy is not in Orlando. So he's all of us are at the cribs for us, respectively. <laughs> so it's quicker <clears throat> to start the show tonight for Let's Rage Cougs. But going forward, we'll get back on it and get post game shows and next game. And uh, just one of those things tonight, one of those quirks in the schedule in the season where there was no Zoom call post game for a road game for the Coops. 
Yeah, the the rebounding was still of the night, man. Leading with uh, Jaywan, I think he started off early in that first half, grabbed a couple of offensive rebounds, and, and it kind of just trickled down. I know Jamal had three. Tremont was really flying around everywhere, getting some offensive rebounds. And like I talked about earlier, Emmanuel did a good job of attacking the ball and getting some defensive rebounds. And so, really, it was it was collective effort tonight. I think everybody, I'm sure, got an earful from Coach Sampson, and they really put a lot of energy in going to get these rebounds and put a lot of effort into it. And it, it looked like the Houston team that I'm used to seeing in reference to rebounding is particularly on the offensive glass. I know um, Coach Dawkins, um, there was cops showing him a couple of times on the sideline when he was just like blocked out. And even earlier, I think maybe the first two or three possessions of the game, it was a couple of offensive rebounds and they were like blocked out. And so they definitely missed their, their big seven footer, but Houston definitely took advantage on the boards tonight. And let me say this, let me get your thoughts on, on Luis Rivas's uh, statement about Terrence Arsenal not being ready just yet. Team could use Ramon back. Put that up there for everybody in case you can't see it. I thought Terrence had a strong baseline drive down the stretch to help. He had the, the reverse layup that push, yeah. push the lead back up to 10. Yeah. yeah. So Emmanuel hit a three, and then Terrence hit that driving layup, reverse layup. That's your freshman. You know, Ramon, I don't believe Ramon is physically ready yet. He's back with the team now, so that's a sign. That's a positive. But I'm not sure that Rich is healthy. And we trust Kelvin Sampson. If Ramon... If players are doing better than him in practice, Coach Sampson is going to play them. Simple as that. It's not like Ramon. If let's put it like this: Do we believe Ramon is shining in practice? And Coach says, "No, Ramon, I'm not going to play." Do you think he would no. do that? No. No. So there's a reason why Ramon is not playing. Yeah, I, I get what he's saying though, because I, I I agree with the the um. What he's saying, I think Ramon can give everything that Arsenal is giving, and I think he can be even better defensively than what Terrence is giving. But Terrence isn't a defensive liability, and so that's not to say that he is. But I, I get what he's saying, but I agree with what you're saying too, Chris. And so, yeah. But I, yeah. I think Ramon's not – I think he's not physically ready as well to get back. To yeah, yeah, no, no, I, 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 for sure. sure. I get what he's saying. What, what he's yeah. saying, though. What do you say, Andy? What do you think? Mike is out. Can't hear you. Press those buttons, man. Because yeah, we're, we're, we're back. There we go. We're back. Right. Can you guys hear me? <laughs> yeah. This is live, folks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, when you regard regarding Terrence Arsenal, I think I absolutely agree. I can see the the point that Luis Rivas is trying to make, just in terms of maybe not. He's a freshman, so obviously, of course, he's going to be up and down. Something that said with Emmanuel Sharp earlier in the show. I think the thing with Terrence Arsenal, I think it's interesting, Chris, I agree 100% when it comes to it being Ramon or Terrence is something Kelvin always says, before anyone gets to play in the game, they have to show out and practice. So even going back to, I believe it was the Temple game, Terrence Arsenal was the first guard off the bench for Houston before even Emmanuel Sharp. So that could just be a result that Terrence Arsenal has shown improvement in practice. He's shown a level of consistency in practice, and now it's about trying to translate that into the game. But I agree 100% when it comes to, Chris, what you mentioned in terms of Arsenal and kind of, 
I think he showed a lot of mental fortitude when it comes to being down the stretch. And I'm, I'm not sure. I think a lot of it had to do with the situation just because of Marcus Sasser picking up his fourth foul and he went out of the game. I believe it was around the eight-minute mark, I think over the eight-minute mark. And he didn't play down the stretch until after, like, it was under three, three around the three-minute mark. Right. And for a lot of that time, it was the lineup with Arsenal, Sharp, Walker, Shed, and Jawan Roberts to close out down the stretch. And – I mean, that's huge for Houston, for Calvin Sampson, something that he said a week or two ago. All these days start running together. But for sure. he said one of the areas that could maybe not focus on, but he said maybe give the freshman a little bit more of trust when it comes to executing in those situations. And he went with the freshman down the stretch in this game, and they were able to make big plays on the floor to escape with a win over, not even escape, but do enough plays to come away with the win against the Knights. Yeah, you know, and Ramon, this is why I, I lean toward. We know, and plus one other thing about Ramon, because of his his wrist, when he did play, his his shooting form was just broken. Okay, not the same this year that it was last season, but in terms of effort and energy, he can still provide that spark, and I think he will at some point this season once he gets healthy enough to do it again in games. But just think about that if you're adding Ramon to the rotation. The team gets even deeper, you know. So one of the issues with this year's team is defensively, they may not be as great as recent Coug teams, but offensively, they have much more potential to get buckets in different ways than previous Coug teams. Absolutely, I agree. And real quickly, I'll transition over to talking a little bit much more about the Houston defense but before we do i do like to remind everybody that they are watching let's rage cooks by the Saxonian family the primary sponsor of let's rage cooks for remainder of the men's basketball regular season and into the american athletic conference postseason tournament of course we also like to say thank you to our partner for you beginning with hoop and hollow commercials the past have featured athletes like anthony jones Football team, of course, Ryan Elvin, when it comes to the men's basketball team, promoting just be something where we've been spoiled a bit with the level of standards the Houston Cougars have established certainly under Kevin Sampson the last few years and certainly at this season they were holding opponents to just under 54 points a game prior to the matchup against Temple I think in the first half against UCF like you 
some of the shots that UCF made in the first half, they were, I don't know if you call them lucky, but they were really fortunate with, with the way some of them went in. But I don't know if you call, they were they were struggling offensively to slow down the Knights. That was a big reason why they were up just four at halftime. Now, looking at the first half box score, the Knights were shooting 52% from the field. They shot 45% from threes. And just overall, like I said, they were this game was a bit odd where Houston led for a majority of it. But until that 11-2 run towards the early to middle of the second half, it never seemed like Houston could shake off UCF. A big reason for that is because the Knights were able to make timely baskets, and they were kind of hanging around, sticking around until that run. Yeah, and I, I think, and to the Knights' credit, they matched Houston shot for shot for a good portion of the game. I mean, at one point, both teams were 7 for 14 from three. I don't believe either team is going to be 50%, you know, for a game. But they matched them, and the Cougs would hit a three, then UCF would come down, hit a three. Mm-hmm. So it was it, it was close for a while, and that's, I guess, one of my indications that this year's Cougs team, their runs are maybe not as frequent as previous Cougs teams because the defense can't clamp down like they, you know, other teams have yet. It might get to that point because – Rotations may still not be sharp and things of that sort. The perimeter defense, everybody on the perimeter may not be as great. Emmanuel Sharp, Terrence Arsenal, those guys, not yet. Just Walker, not yet. They're freshmen. They're still playing, learning the defensive, the cool defensive way. So we're finding little things wrong with the team with the 19 and 2. <laughs> so, but. 71 in conference. 71 in conference. I got word, and this is all I got in response regarding Reggie Cheney, personal reasons. Mm. So just, hopefully it's nothing too, you know, too serious when it comes to personal no reasons. And hopefully it's, it's the short-term issue and he's back by Saturday. But that's interesting to note um, as well. Dan, what are your thoughts on overall what you've seen from the Houston Cougars defense, especially in the first half against UCF? And maybe overall going back to Temple, because, again, they held Temple to 56 points in that game. But Jawan Roberts, during his post-practice availability on Monday, said a little bit, and I think it's interesting when the point you bring up, Chris, when it comes to their runs, they're not necessarily as frequent as maybe in some previous years from the Houston Cougars' perspective, but something that Roberts was talking about after this practice on Monday was that it's just a lot of effort when it comes to occasionally there could be a breakdowns here and there. Now, whenever they did go on that 11-2 run and even to close out the game, they were able to clamp up on UCF. It seems like to describe it or at least to put it in a certain way, like Houston has uh, extra switch or gear where they can lock down opponents when they really, really need to. We saw it against Temple, and we saw it again against UCF tonight. Yeah, and I think it, it started at the beginning of the game. I think it, it comes with paying attention to detail with the scattering report, knowing which shooters to run off the line, who to close out um, against, and who to not close out strong against and allow them to either take their shot. But to the Knights' credit, they made a lot of contested threes. There weren't breakdowns in the defense. It was just good offense or better offense because they made the shot. But they were contested threes. And so the defense has been good. I think when Houston is moving and pressuring, moving what it seems like a frantic pace because they're all recovering and helping one another, 
and or even rotating. But I think that what makes the defense even better. And so the defense was at a very, very high level. I think they came out, of course, after the loss, Houston's going to come out with a, with a point to prove it. And you can see there early. But I, I think when they're really just aggressive and really do a good job of containing the basketball, I, I think that that's the main thing. Although you want to pressure the basketball, you still want to contain it and allow other people to get in the paint. So that they, they get a good job really on all fronts, especially containing the basketball to start with. And I think that's the key, keep the ball out of the paint. So they do a better job. And that's when I said earlier about Jamal Shed got back to Jamal Shed. Mm-hmm. You know, he slacked a little bit because Coach Sampton has, has high expectations for Jamal's defense. And it's, it has slipped a bit. Tonight he got back to Jamal Shed defense on the perimeter. Mm-hmm. Now, one player that we haven't touched on a lot early on has been Marcus Sasser. Really, he's kind of become Mister Consistency, as you'd expect it from where he has where he is. He's a senior. He has future NBA aspirations once this season concludes, but he just continues to produce. It always seems like he's going to give you at the very least fourteen points, and he's kind of started to become much more consistent when it comes to an assist standpoint where he's getting anywhere from three to six a game, and that's exactly where he landed in this outing at 14 points. Again, a lot of efficient shooting top to bottom when it comes to the Houston Cougars in this game against UCF. He is 4-7 shooting from the field. He had four assists, had one rebound, and those four personal fouls kind of kept him out of the game. What did you guys see from Marcus Sasser in Wednesday's contest? You said it, Andy. The four fouls stopped Marcus because UCF wasn't doing a lot to stop him. The four fouls really stopped his rhythm. He was he was he had it going there for stretches, and then picked up the foul and went to the bench. Yeah, he's very efficient over these. Really, within conference, he's been very efficient. And tonight, what I was seeing from him, just allowing the game to come to him. I think, like I said, his first three shots that he got was all he was basically just sitting in the corner and it was creative for him and so when you allow a great player like that to get shots standstill shots that he doesn't have to create for himself that's really just going to ease him into the rhythm then he was able to ease into the game and get um, some of the shots that when he could but his, his playmaking ability has really took another step. I've been talking about it all season. The way he's seeing the floor and creating for others is really um, taking the next step. And he's doing a great job of picking and choosing on when reading the defense because he's such a good with that step back three. They want to pressure him so much that he's able to steal. Like that one move he, he did tonight with the hezzy and got him to jump on the, on the step back and was able to get the and one. It, like that, that's a, that's a next level move, yeah, that's an NBA move right there. Yeah, for yeah, sure. Next level, you know what I'm saying yeah. to 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 be able to read the defense and read how they're trying to guard you. And so, it was a great game. And there was a stretch as to where Coach Sampson was isolating Tremont, like almost in the mid post, but kind of a little higher near the free throw line. And Marcus is standing in the corner, and with Tremont, whether he shot it or made a play or whatever, it, it was just I was thinking in my mind. That's how when they talk about um, chemistry and trusting one another, Marcus is so unselfish. When you have a great player like that and he is okay with standing in the corner because he knows his teammates can create whether from set with themselves or for him, 
that's really an unselfish player and an unselfish team. And that's when I was thinking about watching that because they were running so many different sets for different players to get them looks. And Marcus still got his 14, and he would, didn't even force anything. He only took, what, what, seven shots, if I'm not mistaken? Seven shots, yeah, and seven shots, and he was four over seven. And so, man, Marcus, I, I'm loving everything I'm seeing from him. I think he's going to be in the league, in the NBA, that I'm talking about for a while because uh, the floor is going to be so much spread, and he's going to be able to show um, his talent even more at the next level. Now we were able to get clip. We're, we are going to have audio from head coach Calvin Sampson to wrap up the show. But before we do, one final time, of course, we'd like to say thank you to all of us. Image and likeness groups to get their athletes NIL compensation, and that gives them a huge advantage over U of H, where NIL is still in its infancy. Now, when it comes to HOU NIL, what they need you is to get involved. Go to HOUNIL.com to subscribe to my great content like essays, videos, podcasts, and also get access to private U of H players. The players get compensated for creating content, and if you, as the fan, get to cover the live and Thank you enough to our partners. But now coming back into the commercial break, here's what Calvin Sampson had to say following Houston's victory over UCF. You know, going into uh, you know, on Saturday, um, what was our record? Uh, 18 and um, what was our record? 18 and 1, I believe. 18 and 1, yeah. 18 and 1. So I, I haven't lost, left many games this year. Um, you know, at Oregon, at Virginia, um, at Cincinnati, uh, at Tulane. You know, we've been pretty good on the road, but for some reason, we haven't really played well at home. You know, and as, as a coach, you're constantly looking for solutions. Why, why haven't we been playing uh, well at home? Um, and the ranking thing, you know, as, as far as the people that are ranked, is a little bit overrated. You know, we hear about that more than we think about it. You know, like had we lost tonight, there would have been a huge um, storm in the court, right? Okay. Um, you know, I, I, I think we have a really good team. But I don't think we have a great team. You know, uh, I'm not sure there was a great team last year. You know, two years ago when we were in the uh, Final Four, um, I thought Baylor was great. I think we played Baylor 10 times. They'd have probably beat us seven or eight. They were just better than we were. But last year, I thought we were about as good as anybody. You know, and uh, 
this year's team's not where last year's team was because of uh, the veterans. And last year, we only had one freshman that even got any minutes because we were old. But we lost four starters off last year's team. You know, uh, Sharp's a freshman. Uh, Jarris is a freshman. Arsenault's a freshman. True freshman. And then um, Javier Francis is ch- turned 19 in November. So he played last year in mop-up minutes, but he's really a freshman. So, um, so uh, Saturday was a little bit of a, um, you, you felt like you got ambushed in the alley by your own team. Because I was really disappointed in our effort and our toughness. Um, things that, that we value, you know, our, our core values just was under attack on Saturday. And that's not to take anything away from uh, Aaron um, McKee and his group at Temple because they, they deserve to win that game. You know, we ran that little baseline out of bounds playing. We had a layup, missed a layup to win the game. But it's almost like we didn't deserve to win it. You know, they deserve to win that game. Um, but we challenged them now. Uh, today's Wednesday, uh, Saturday, so Sunday, Monday. We left yesterday, played tonight. I mean, they've been challenged since uh, that game was over on uh, Saturday. And for those reasons, I'm really proud of them. What do you like about the way your team battled on the boards tonight? Well, we're the number one offensive rebounding team in the nation. We lead the nation in offensive rebounding percentage. I don't care how many we get. What I care about is the percentage of misses we get. For instance, if we go 20 for 40, that's 20 misses. Well, if you get 10 of those, now you're rebounding at 50% of your misses. So we, we put a lot of emphasis on how many of our misses we get. Uh, the percentage of misses we get, I'm sorry. For instance, tonight we were 29 for 37, was that 28 misses, and we got 16 offensive rebounds. So we missed 28 shots. 50% would be 14. So we're over 50% of our misses tonight. That's part of who we are. I mean, we, that's a huge emphasis for us. You know, I think this is our third or fourth year being in the top, top three in the nation. And um, I think last year we're number one, and this year we're number one again. So. Um, that's, that's, that's who we are, you know, and we have not been rebounding well. I thought we were, we were very below average Saturday, but you know, that's effort, man. You know, you the ball's not going to come to you. you. You actually have to go get it. So once again, that was Houston Cougars head coach, Kelvin Sampson, of course, uh, that audio provided by Houston Athletics. And, of course, big shout-out to a friend of the show, Sean Thomas, who you can follow him on Twitter like you saw at the screen. That's at SeanThomas723 for the photo of Kelvin Sampson. Now, Chris, Dayon, obviously this is the first time that all three of us were listening to that audio, but I think it was interesting. Uh, he kind of hit on a lot of the points when it came to first, the one that sticks out. The one he said right there when it comes to the rebounding, again, they don't they don't have a certain number. They want to get 50% of their misses, which is, again, they were able to surpass that goal today. And, again, it just goes back to rebounding. It, it goes back to effort, effort and want. You have to go get the ball. That's what it is. If the ball isn't going to come to you, you have to go get it. And it takes effort to go get it because some players – um, or just watch the ball and box out and wait for the ball to come down. No, you, you go meet it at its highest point, to use a football analogy, and, and that's what Houston did. Like, I knew it was a point of um, emphasis, and I'm glad Coach Sanford just confirmed that and his team came out and played like it. Agreed. You know, rebounding is effort. I mean, that, that's, that's it in a nutshell. Rebounding is effort. 
because sometimes, especially when you're not, not like a seven foot athlete you're going against, rebounding is effort. If y'all all are the same size, same height, whatever, you want the ball, go get it. That's what rebounding is. Rebounding is effort and t- tonight. And it goes to show, and you touched on it. I think all of us have experienced it during the season. Damn against Temple was Sunday, right? Yes, sir. Coach Sampson, see, you, you got to think about it. Coach Sampson said Saturday because it's all run together, man. Conference <laughs> play the game, running back together, on and on. But, yeah, rebounding is effort. And the Coos did a good job of rebounding their misses. And, you know, 28 misses, 16-0 boards. And the second-chance points, they did not convert a lot of them or as many as you would like to see. It was 16-8 in second-chance points. But it was an eleven point win, so that eight point difference did help. I want to say about this answer to comment here about the flagrant foul. Uh, yeah, it was flagrant foul. I mean, the refs are trying to decide if the shot clock, the ball's possession after Jamal's tip three point attempt was it was an air ball because of chip by Taylor Hendricks, and if the there was a shot clock violation, but there was a loose ball slash flagrant foul, so it was the right call. I agree with that. And one of the other things that Calvin touched on in that, that post-game clip when it comes to, again, going back to that loss at Temple, I'm not sure if they asked him specifically about the rankings, but you know, Houston, they program, they don't care about that. They immediately he said it right there. They got on the players after that loss to Temple, and you could kind of see it from the get-go. It just seemed like they had much more effort from the start. And, again, going back to rebound, especially when it comes to those effort-type plays, which is stuff that they can control. That's two things that Kelvin always says, two things you can control, attitude and effort. Yeah, and that's one thing I'm sure that Coach Sampson probably disappoints him more is when the opponent is tougher tougher or plays with more effort than his players. That really just bothers him more than anything else. You know, he could take a lose it. You're going to lose but if a team plays with more effort than you do, he doesn't like that at all. And he can take missed shots because nobody's trying to miss shots. Right. And so uh, I think it's a lot, it has a lot to do with effort and being tougher. Um, and really just by being tougher, it really just means like, uh, again, effort getting whatever. I know we could say it over and over, but, it's kind of hard to put in words without actually watching the game and being able to point it out. Well, so, we got one example, you know, right before halftime when Kelly missed those two free throws and his teammate got the tip in, beating Jawan, poor yeah. box out, and got the tip yeah. in off those two missed free throws. Coach Sampson was pissed off. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. Pissed mm-hmm. off because you got two missed free throws, yet UCF still got two points off of it. Mm-hmm. That's yep. effort right there. Yep. As we begin to wind things down, Dan, I'll go to you first. Any final takeaways from Houston's 82-71 to 71 victory over UCF? And, of course, where people can find you on social media as well. My biggest takeaway was the way Jarris played, his aggression, his physicality, his decisiveness, and his decision-making, whether to attack, whether to, to finish, or to, to make a play for someone else. But more importantly, just being physical. He played with a certain physicality tonight that really I don't think nobody, at least in the conference, is, can deal with when he's playing with that physicalness. And then he's, when he mixing in, mixes his finesse in with that because he has the skill and the finesse game to mix it in to where it can have you so off balance and he can hit the three, 
man, that'll make Houston a whole different team. So it was good to see him play with that that heart of a line mentality uh, tonight. How can folks find you, bro? You can find me on all social medias at, at Dayon Dunlap. And I'll take the, the outside part of it. Dayon talked about the inside game. Good to see Jamal should have a, a high assist total for two yeah. different reasons. One, I think it was more of him looking to be more of a facilitator, mm-hmm. but also his teammates made shots from his passes. But it's good balance in the number of shots that the guys got. I think, what did I say, five or six guys took at least seven shots. Great balance right there. Yep. Good assist totals for the team. Solid road win for the Cougs. And going forward, home game against Cincinnati. Got to start reclaiming home court because can't let these folks come in and think they can start winning games in, in Tillman's building. Got to squash that. Yeah, and that, that's something that Calvin mentioned in that clip right there. And I think it's interesting because even though they went into and they were able to bounce back against UCF, it was on the road, which at this point in the season, they're still undefeated. They're now sitting at 6-0 and when it comes to being the visitor. And, of course, they're 11-2 and at home. Chris, you hit it right on the head when it comes to not allowing other teams to kind of gain confidence and think that they could come into the Fertitta Center and get some victories, which, again, when it comes to going back to Temple, the, probably the biggest thing when it comes to it being a, a disappointment was that it was a quad three loss, and it was at home. That was the biggest thing, that it was a home loss for Houston. Once again, the final score from Orlando against between Houston and UCF, Houston comes out victorious, 82-71. to 71. The leading scorer is Emmanuel Sharp with 18 points. Jairus Walker had 17 points. Marcus Sasser had 14 points and four assists. Now, when it comes to Marcus Sasser in the postgame presser, I'm reading a tweet from Houston, the Joseph Dorter of the Houston Chronicle. He said, Houston Cougar guard Marcus Sasser injured his knee on Wednesday. Kelvin Sampson said in the postgame presser there was some uncertainty whether he would finish the game. It doesn't sound like it's anything serious. So that's something to keep an eye on when it comes to Sasser, which, again, he didn't really get to play much down the stretch. Now, well, that, he had four fouls as well, but that could I be something that injury, to keep an eye on. I think aggravated tonight. In the first half, yeah. He, he yeah. got fouled, and he banged his knee on the court. Mm-hmm. And – some of the camera angles kind of show, showed him grimacing a bit. So, yeah. Yeah. So that'll be something to monitor again as it's a, a, a relatively quick turnaround. They travel back tonight to get back into Houston in the middle of the night. And then, of course, they have to turn around and face Cincinnati on Saturday afternoon. It'll be a 1 p.m. game at C, uh, CBS tip-off as well. Jamal Shedd had his second double-double of the season, 14 points and 10 assists. He had his seventh career double-double. Jawan Roberts was also in double double figures with 10 points, and he was just one rebound shy of getting a double-double with nine. But for me, Adianas, you can follow me on Twitter at Adianas underscore five. For Dayon, Chris, thank you all for tuning in and being part of this episode of Let's Rage Coops. We'll be back Saturday afternoon following Houston's game against Cincinnati. Chris, Dayon, if you guys have any final words, feel free to shout it out before we close out. Well, just real quick, I, I forgot to do it. I, I gave Dayon a chance to give his stuff, but Follow me on Twitter at VHR Review, HoustonRoundBarReview.com, HoustonRoundBarReview on Instagram and TikTok. Saturday's game against the Bearcats is going to be on CBS. The website says CBS Sports, but it is CBS. Ian Eagle and I think Jim Spinarkle on the call. But you guys, of course, will be inside Tim's building 
to raise the roof and do a lot of noise and root the Cougs on for another victory. So thanks again for everybody for watching us on Let's Rage Cougs and see you Saturday. And the women, the women got a dub tonight, 69-43 over to Cincinnati. They played tonight, so a good win for both the men's and the women's tonight. They ended a three-game losing streak. And so you can't end the episode without saying go Cougs, man. <laughs>